Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome in to the DNVR Rapid Show AM. What do we call this? DNVR at breakfast? We have after yeah. night. What is this? DNVR? Pits, Pits brunch. Pits brunch. I don't uh, know. Is it too early for brunch? 9.30? It's never too early for a mimosa. Okay. Especially there if you're an you alcoholic go. like me at this point <laughs> in my life. Um, That's not true. Here I am, joined by Mr. Dwayne Brown. <laughs> I did not know how to transition from that <laughs> brunch talk. So here I am, Mr. Yaya. Uh, and I'm joined by downtown Brown. Downtown Dwayne Brown. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, whatever. That, Dwayne... You know, they all work. You can clearly tell I am not very comfortable in my hosting <laughs> duties today. But I do have a lot of energy, which is going to take me a long way today. So today we have actually a big show for everybody because we just got news that Jasper Lofelsund, I think that's how you say his name, is uh, coming to the Rapids thanks to Maddie Scoops. Matt Pollard had our first. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about what has pushed the Rapids to become such big spenders this offseason and try to correct cores from everything they kind of didn't have last year and we'll also talk about where do the do these moves stack up with the rest of the league and what this means for the rapids going forward maybe going forward in their approach in trying to make the team better so first off let's talk with a let's start off with a jasper jasper lofslin midfielder from uh salt lake city fake salt lake city is now a colorado rapid and he's probably going to be playing that six role. What's your initial thoughts on that, Dwayne? Um, hey, man, any time we can steal from the evil empire over there in Salt Lake is a good thing. Uh, a couple things I like about him. Um, not that I'm super familiar with him. Um, one, he seems to be a very gritty guy. Uh, he got suspended last year in March yep, he did. for being a little bit, showing a little bit too much aggression um not saying i want that while he's in burgundy but um you know i i like the fact that he seems to be a very gritty um last year was dirty dirty this year is gonna be yeah aggression well we'll take it so um yeah i i do like that he's got a little bit of that uh you know like when we had chris here chris armas um he said we need a little bit of fu yeah. on the squad and and maybe Jasper has a little bit of that in there so I think that's good in the midfield um I don't know where he's going to be in the midfield maybe he's at the 6 maybe he's paired up with Ronan somehow um you know yesterday the talk was he's kind of a um this is a depth signing you know mm -hmm. but I don't know man like he he could be I think he could be starting just as many games as he's coming in to fill in um so I I, I'm looking at it as not just a depth piece, but certainly a strong piece we can use. And then the last part is what um, our guy Mitch, um, who's out today, not feeling well. So send all your good vibes to Mitch. Um, he posted some of his stats, and we talked about this a ton last season. And that is the fact that last season – Oh, I see. Mitch is in the comments, too. Yep. That's just exactly what I was getting ready to, to say for you, Mitch. Um, you know, last season, we were awful in tackles. Yep. Um, Mitch posted the stats yesterday. Um, this guy can tackle. Um, he alone could <laughs> bring the numbers just way up for the Rapids. And I, and I think that is a key piece that we were missing um, clearly the front office knows that we were very weak in tackling. And so they bring in a gritty, aggressive guy who's not afraid to take on the opposition um, and get in there and get dirty with the tackles, you know, um, and, and get the ball. So, um, and good clearances as well. Um, take ons is super high. 
So it, it's just it's that piece that we didn't have last year, mm-hmm. and I think that is you know in a in a, in a defense that started to struggle, um, this could be a piece that starts to kind of turn the tides a little bit, which is great. Kind of um, off of that, and I'm gonna steal this take from um, the Pope of Commerce City. Dave, let's um, go. He said something a couple weeks back that's kind of kept with me a lot, and it was if you get a true six. You're going to actually get two sightings in one because in that case, you can move Ronan to the correct spot and you can have him play where you want him, which is that eight roll, that kind of pushing high up where he can kind of get back and be a little gritty at times. But he's more of a playmaker. And that's the real important thing to me, that if you get the six, if you get somebody that can come in and really breathe that gritty player that can do all the dirty work, it's going to free up Ronan so much. For sure. And it's going to let Cole also be able to push forward and be the Cole that we expect him to be. He just got an extension. He's a U22 initiative now, which it just goes to show how much the end of last year impacted uh, the front office and everybody around the league. Because even when we talked to Chris Armas, talked to Amir, and I've talked to some people over here and there, they're really impressed by Cole, and they think Cole can be the next big thing. He's the best thing since life spread, honestly. And that's why I think bringing in a true six is going to free up that midfield a lot more and allow the key pieces we have to be able to create, be able to make have more scoring opportunities because they don't have more on their plate than they need to have. And that's yep. the really exciting thing about Jasper. While I was looking at him, uh, I went back, saw some film from last year and the year, and the year before. And the biggest thing about Jasper is that he's a true, true six. He knows where to be at the right time. He has a really quick step, and he's really good at interceptions. That's my favorite part about him, interceptions. That's the one of the things that Ronan lacked was positional awareness on the defensive end. Yeah. He didn't know where to be, and he got beat a lot of the times. But now with a guy that knows where to be at the right time and how to cut passing lanes, it's going to open up that defense as well. It's going to allow, allow Keegan to push up a little bit more. It might even allow a Bombi to go wondering in a John Stones role where Pep has him just running up and seeing if he can do anything fun. And that's what we want, right? We want exciting football. And a guy like Jasper is going to do the dirty work so the rest of the players can have that fun and have the creative chances and just push forward. Um, one key thing to the, to the breaking news yesterday for Matt was that he called it depth. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Well, I mean, that's what I was saying earlier is that, you know, if that's a depth piece... Holy crap, man. I mean, that's awesome depth piece to have. Um, I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I guess it's a depth piece because we have, you know, a, a, a lot of people in the midfield right now. But um, I, again, I, I think he will be starting, you know, this year. Uh, I don't think he's a bench guy by any means, um, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, like we talked about already, when we hit summer in June, July, that schedule is going to get so crazy that, I mean, if your bench guys are at the level that Jasper is, man, we're in pretty good shape for a really rough stretch over June and July. And, like, that's the forward thinking of building a team that can last throughout the entire season, not just start off strong or, you know, claw their way into the playoffs at the very end but a, a squad that's built to play every match throughout the whole season without, you know, falling apart. We, we've experienced it over the last two seasons. Injuries have devastated this club. Um, there didn't really seem to be um, the folks who could jump up and fill in those spots to keep us running, at, you know, full cylinders. Um, this seems like the signing that's going to be able to do that because if he's starting – and our depth is like Ronan because he's taking getting some rest. Yeah. But he's still on the bench. I mean, that's awesome. You know, if it's <laughs> just ah. you look at our midfield and if somebody's getting a day off, or, you know, or at least bench time to rest because it's been three games and, you know, five days, um, then we're looking pretty good. So if you want to call it a depth piece, cool. I'm fine with that. Uh, if you look at him more as a potential opening day starter opposite Ronan or whatever. Cool. I'm, I'm down with that also. Again, it gets back to like what Mitch was saying 
I'm sorry, guys. I'm just having issues with my computer I'm just, right now. I'm just trying to give you time. Yeah, I'm stretching. Yeah, this cooking right now because I'm uh, struggling with my computer. <laughs> That's about to die and my charge is falling over and over. For, for those of you that are listening versus watching. It's a Monday. Yeah, yeah, he's plugged in his laptop at least five times in the last minute. It's a Monday. There's out. nothing else I can do. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, uh, Chris just stated in the comments, I feel like every signing is an upgrade at this point. Yeah, and, that's, and that's true. Like, that's insane because, like, we can look back, which we will talk about. Um, Zach Steffen comes over in a zero, zero money, basically a free transfer. Wild. Insane. You gave me Holovich for a club record $3 million, but it's way less than the $4.5 you're going to pay for Navarro mm. if he was going to break the record. You trade Gutman, who probably didn't want to be here. Respectfully, he was really nice about it. Hey, man, I'd like to go home. Sure. And you get Miguel uh, Miguel Navarro, a younger left back who was a little bit more, a little bit more stable defensively. I, in my opinion, that's an upgrade to what you actually needed. You bring in Omir Fernandez, who's immediately an upgrade to any winger that you have. Yep. Like, how can you not be excited, right? Like, and then you look at the back of goalkeeper now. With the news that just broke right before the show, Adam Beaudry just signed a first-team contract as a 17-year-old. How big is it that he gets to learn under Zach Steffen, a Premier League goalkeeper that's played at the highest level, has been on the national teams, done the whole shebang, and now Adam gets to learn under one of the more talented players in the U.S. pool? It's amazing. I mean, the thing is, like, Beaudry's already good, you know, but he's young, so... This this is a young player that we all know from watching, from reading about, from hearing from the club about. This is a young goalkeeper with loads of potential. Um, he, you know, he's super young, and, and part of the, you know, the curiosity, the worry with with the young goalkeeper is when he develops through the academy, it's not just the skills, but is he physically going to grow enough to fit into the size to be, you know, to back up those skills. And, you know, we, we saw over the summer, Beaudry was walking by um, at one of the matches we went to for the R2 matches. And we were like, Whoa, like Beaudry grew up, you know? And so he's starting to fill out as a young man. Um, you know, he's starting to grow into that size that you're hoping your goalkeepers will be. Um, you pair that up with the already like inherent talent and skill that he has. And now you've got a mentor and Zach Steffen, who has international experience, who has U.S. men's national team experience, um, you know, to partner with Beaudry's youth national team experience. Man, it is a great, great tutelage system for Beaudry. So uh, we, we've all been high on Beaudry forever. We've been waiting for this move. It's just been a matter of when because he's so young. Now it's happening, um, and we've got, you know, the, the perfect mentor in front of him to, to help him along. Awesome. Just an awesome move today. Yeah, I mean, the rabbits are absolutely cooking right now. There's no other way to put it, like, to put it honestly, like, you signed Cole to an extension. You have him here to 2027. You have Beaudry now on your first team. You got players like Ali LaRoz, Lafelson, who Ali last year killed it in R2. Yep. Now they're your depth pieces, along with players like Wayne Frederick in the midfield. Like, it's really hard not to start seeing how this team is being formed. I mean. And, like, how excited. And then you have, um, Jordy. <laughs> Stuart Baines. Imani oh, yeah. Stuart Baines. Stuart Banks. The highest rated player out of the draft is now on your team. People compare him a lot to Tejon Buchanan. If you have Tejon Buchanan, he's going to be playing for a Milan team in 10 years, in five <laughs> years. Like, how are you not excited about a player like that when everybody compares them? Not just because they're Canadian wingers, but because they play very similar. And Speed Demons. It just, it gets so excited very quickly. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up with you real quick in this one segment, I told you I was going to spring it on you, so it's not really a spring. Surprises. Um, Tom Bogert put out, his depth chart of how things look for the Rapids right now. Okay. I've um, not seen it, so... So, there's a few interesting things about this one. Players like Illich and Tavares have question marks 
next to their names. Meaning that, are they on the move? Now, that's not the interesting part to me. The interesting part is because we kind of already know that they're looking at maybe getting rid of one or two of uh, both of them. Sure. The really interesting part to me is that Lewis, who's a, who has been rumored all offseason and at the end of last year that he was going to be gone, doesn't have a question mark around his name. Do you think Jonathan Lewis is going to be a part of this team next year? I have no idea, you know, and it, it's just Johnny Lewis is it's Great a guy. weird thing because when he when he came to the Rapids, like I was one of the biggest J. Lou guys out there. I mean, his ability to fly up the side. Um, I used to laugh when defenders would come at him and it's he just didn't care. Like he would just break ankles and just go right. It wasn't like a. um like a Nicholson thing, <laughs> like a Nicholson, he's like a dump truck that with yeah. no brakes, right? Nicholson would just run into the defense and like hope to get through. And whereas Johnny Lewis was just so skillful when he when he first came on board, and just was not afraid of anybody. Uh, such an exciting guy to watch on the outside, on the wing, and you know injuries last year, um, other players coming in. And out on the wings, um, you know, a squad that has not been good for two years. Yep. When the squad's bad, typically the parts and pieces also start to go downhill. Um, you know, and then it's like you just stop hearing about Johnny Lewis, which is weird because he's such a good player. But it's just like, you know, I haven't, you know, no disrespect, but I've, I've not thought about Johnny Lewis in weeks until you just said his name. And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, because I kind of figured Johnny Lewis was probably moving out, you know. So I think we all expected or or some still expect him to move on. Um, but we know that this squad loves speed. Johnny still has speed. Um, if it, I mean, he's still under contract also. Yeah. Um, there may not be takers you know, to he what also, the Rapids want to get back for him, you know? He was also kind of knocked up the last couple of yeah, years. Yeah, like he's last year he of, was injured. He's had a lot of little, like, not major injuries, but little ones kind of like Jack Price a couple years ago that just kind of kept keeping him out and never really got into rhythm. Yep. And you saw him get into rhythm early in the year last year when he did take the ball and just dominated those U.S. Open Cup games. And how fun it was to celebrate Jonathan Lewis being an Open Cup uh, goal scoring machine for a while. Yeah. So that was my biggest question, just because I don't know if Jonathan Lewis will be here. I've heard so many rumors about him being on the move from going to the Premier League, from maybe finding a new home in the MLS. That at this point, I don't know if, what the plan is with him. Yeah, I mean, and and my question was going to be kind of what we see in the um, comments as well from Mweath is that, you know, does Lewis fit within the system that Armas, you know, wants to run and. He mentioned on the show uh, about running more of an inverted winger type style versus the last few years of just running as fast as you can down the sideline, yeah. you know, until you hit the goal line and then kick it and pray that someone is in the middle to get that. And I, I think we're going to be more intentional on offense now, of course, versus crossing our fingers and hoping things happen. So, you know, what does what does Johnny look like? As someone who does start to, instead of fly down the ends, start to convert and and maybe go a little more towards the the center and race down to um, Navajo, you know, in the center, you know. So I don't know. Um, I don't know what he would look like in that system because I've only seen him in the previous rapid system, yeah. which I'm not sure is good for for most wingers. You know, not just Johnny. We haven't seen so. a winger thrive here because of yeah, the, because honest. of that system. Mm -hmm. So I mean, maybe that is the rebirth of Johnny Lewis is is giving him a system with which um, he can actually get after it again versus just running really fast, which I think has been the Rapids' way for the last couple of years. Yeah, again, just that was the most interesting part of me, to me about that depth chart. Having the question marks are players that we already kind of knew were on the on the outs a little bit. Like we kind yeah. of already heard a little bit of rumblings about Tavares that he might not be around for a while. It didn't really work out the end of last year. We heard he about Illich as well, that after getting a new, getting a step in a new high end starter, 
Illich might not want to stay here in Colorado. He might yeah. also want to look for a new opportunity. Um, so, but not having a question mark around Lewis to me after we heard all those rumors was the most interesting part. The other thing about Tavares is that Jordy was shown in the in the hype video holding the number ten jersey. So (laughs) someone had mentioned, I don't know if it was rabbi or somebody like, you know, Oh, Tavares must've, you know, sold his, his number to, you know, Jordy, or is it that (laughs) that may not be his number? Cause I don't know what the plans are for him. So I thought that was interesting as well. Just seeing that, you know, normally we're all asking, Oh, what number is the new guy going to be? And we wait for a while, and it was like immediate with him showing the ten. I mean, record transfer kind of had to be. Yeah, right. he gets what he wants. It, yeah, he's the ten. Um, and also, Tom mentioned that they want to play Mihalovic at the left wing, uh, which I think was perfect. Yeah. I thought I would have preferred him at preferred him at the ten uh, because I think Bassett's a better uh, better as an eight. But Mihalovic on the wing makes sense of how. Uh, Armas wants to play. Yeah. He wants to play inverted wingers. He wants to play guys. And I have in the question in the comments from M. Wild. Also, does Gavon fit that system? He does. Gavon is better down the middle than he is down the wing. And you, I advocated that. You were that. beating that drum all season last season. I've been advocating for him to be at the 10, more of a depth piece and may in, or have a push in more than actually play the wing. Uh, it never came to fruition because I think he has more skill, more tiki-taka to kind of get it in and out of tight spaces than a lot of the players on Rapids had last year. So having him play that way, I think is going to be a lot better. And I, But I think Gavon's going to be a key piece next year. I think Kimani Stewart-Banks is going to be a key piece along with uh, Calvin Harris. Of the three guys that were here last year, I think Harris, Gavon... Are going to be in Laraz are going to be guys that are really going to shine this year, especially with the death pieces coming in and helping out a lot. And yes, Lemos Boger does have the Rapids playing a 4 2 3 1, and that's exactly what Armas likes to play. That's the Red Bull way. You need two, you need two defensive midfielders slash eights that can push the ball forward as long as soon as they get it. And with a guy like Ronan and Loffelson and maybe another six. That's exactly what's going to happen. You're going to have a lot more guys just turning and getting the ball out of here quickly. Okay, so continuing. I'm, I'm horrible at transitions, if you haven't noticed. I'm, <laughs> I'm absolute shite at it. Um, what a transition. Oh, I dude, disagree. Yeah, I'm shy. to so continue. Oh, dude. I'm, today, I have energy. I'm okay, guys, but not all the way I got to be. Give me one quick minute. We don't have any ad partners for the day, but... We do want to talk about why this is all happening. Why are we getting so many more people, so many more trans, uh, transfers coming to the Rapids? We have our uh, K-Max out here making fun of me because I'm transition master. Um, um, and one big thing I want to ask Dwayne, trying to get back on track, just going to ignore that. You're going to punt to me. Yeah. Um, how much do you think the protest from C38 and the fans and all the negative Twitter comments from all the way from Hercules to the Cooligans to everybody talking about what a shit show it was last year? Sure. How much do you think that affected the Rapids' vision of, or um, how do I say this? Their, how they approached this offseason? I do think it made an impact. Um I think it's one of many parts that brought out the change, right? I mean, we know talking to players last year, even talking to the front office last year, um, everybody was upset with how last year went, with how the year before last year went. So um, I think everybody wanted changes. Everybody was frustrated. Um, We always wonder how much uh, do the Cronkies pay attention to the Rapids, um, C38 and supporters, uh, both in and outside of C38 showed up and then didn't show up, packed up yeah, <laughs> and walked out. Um, was that the most, that is that one of the most impactful moments of the Rapids history in the last 10 years? Oh man, I don't know. Or is that up to like <laughs> what a, happens going a, forward? big group of years. (laughs) Um, I I think it's super impactful and here's why you last year, especially you saw a lot of supporters groups 
um, getting involved and throwing, you know, throwing fits or whatever you want to call it with their teams. A lot of the ones that caught the attention at the beginning of the year were supporters groups yelling at players, players yelling back at supporters groups. Um, all of this stuff was on TV. I thought it was a bad look. Um, it, it, it's, you know, not that obviously supporters groups need to voice their concerns um, and, and frequently become the voice, you know, the representatives of the fans to the club. Um, so I'm all for it, but it didn't come off well. Like it, it wasn't a good look for a lot of those supporters groups and those clubs. Um, that happened a few instances last year with C38. It wasn't like, like whining and crying to some players and then getting into like verbal altercations, which is not a look. It was, it was a look of solidarity, like C38 prepped. They planned to make a statement. You know, it wasn't a reactionary scream and yell, you know, uh, temper tantrum. It was, it was a, we are upset. We've let the club know we're upset. The club knew it. And then they planned, they organized, and they made a statement, not only of the walkout, but of the banners and the statement that was left behind, I think was the key piece to that walkout. The walkout was there, but the cameras aren't going to show that. But the cleverness of C38 to leave those banners in an empty section was brilliant because the cameras half to point at the net. That's where C38 yep. sits. Um, I thought it was a brilliant move. Um, I'm not saying that's the one and only thing that has created this tidal wave of change. I think it's organizational. I think it's from the front office. I think it's frustration within the players themselves. I think a lot of it has to do with C38. I think it has to do with ticket sales. I think it has to do with uh, just people in general being upset. But that walkout and those banners being on TV, the extra coverage with Apple TV, then it starts to go international. Right. You get soccer news, not just outside of Colorado, but outside of the U.S. showing those banners. Now, Kroenke is finally getting attention for the Rapids, but not the kind of attention that they want. All the way from Victory Cross. Yes. I got the Commerce City mayor dragged him for Victory Cross. It, yes, it, it was just a that was kind of the penultimate move by mm -hmm. C-38. Um, that everybody saw it got attention and once it got the attention now people are paying attention to the Rapids but not for the reasons of oh man the Rapids are really playing well because they're not yep. uh, and then it became the victory crossing thing and then it became the mayor of the city where the stadium is calling out the ownership and so it was I do think it impacted. This is a very long answer to your question, but it's because there's so many pieces. And when I say this stuff about C38, I mean that as a tip of the cap. Great job, C38. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you I did what supporters groups are supposed to mm -hmm. do. Um, and we thank you for that. Like, you did a great job. It was organized. It looked good. Um, it, it was... It was a middle finger without being like a straight painting a middle finger on the field. Without being honestly, know? without being rude, like they, yeah, like and that's the thing. Like it was an impactful walkout, super impactful. But it wasn't classless, exactly. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. It felt a little bit not to the same extent, of course, but to save the crew. Sure, it felt a little bit of like, hey, man, we want better. Like just because you think we're in a smaller city, which Denver isn't, like, but you think we're in a smaller market. You think Small you can soccer do, market, Exactly. Yeah. You, you, you think you can do whatever the hell you want with us. That's not true. Like, there's people that care about their squad, people that care about this team. And you know what? I want to give credit to the front office for taking the frustration from the fans and doing something about it, not just kind of being like, well, what do you want me to do about it? No, they, they're doing, they're actively overhauling the roster that was not good the last couple of years they also i want to give them credit for this and it's for not taking down any of the posters for the rest of the season it's so easy to be like it's our stadium we're yep. taking them down we have a bad luck how many how many times do you see it around sports where the front office does the exact and opposite they clean move? it out yeah 
and it just it, it goes unnoticed or people get mad for two months and then it's over but no the front office took it on the chin and they're like you're right we apologize now no matter what we say it doesn't matter now we got to go out there and show with actions and they are they truly truly are well from the beginning of the offseason when you bring in a guy like omir who is be, when we talk to him, he's like, I have high hopes of winning trophies. Yep. He got told on the dream. You bring in a Premier League level goalkeeper, backup at least, but then Zach Steffen, here he is. You being Mihalovic, who could have been MVP a couple years ago when he had that incredible season in Montreal. You bring in a guy now like Laughlin, who's going to be a backup. Like, how can you not like see that this front office hurt you? It cared about what the fans think. It cared about how bad things are going for the club on the pitch. And they're like, we can't fix everything. We're not in charge of the money when it comes to fixing the dick. We can't invest money that isn't ours into this great organization. But we can invest into the squad and try to put the product on the pitch as good as we can. Try to get the best product. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yep. And they've and they've really this offseason, which... You know, yes, we're getting close to training season, but it doesn't feel like the off season has been very long. No. It feels like it's gone mainly because we're move, making so many moves. It's gone by very quickly. But in this short amount of time, uh, we hire a new coach, and then the club is very intentional about getting Chris Armas out with the supporters group, um, you know, immediately out with C-38 at the Celtic. Um, Omir signing his contract there with the supporters group I thought was a very cool move. Um, you know, having Chris then come the very next day to be on our show um, and then having, you know, players, front office, coach, everybody hang out downstairs at DMVR bar um, just to be in the public to make it known, we hear you, we're making moves, um, but not just signing people, but we're making the moves to connect with the fans to make sure we know as fans and supporters that they exist, yeah. <laughs> right, outside of their offices. Um, so I think it's been great work from C38. I think it's been really great work from the front office and from the club. Um, you know, I'm not saying that everything is fixed with the Rapids. There are clearly a lot of things that still um, are on the list of things we want, things that we want to fix, you know, whether it's things in the stadium, things in that area around the stadium, uh, in Commerce Cross City. Crossing. I'm not even going to fake <laughs> um, that. You know, and there's still some signings I think we'd all like to see too. Um, but whereas we normally hear crickets, um, and not a lot of anything uh, from Dick Sporting Goods Park. Now, like outside today, very windy day in Colorado is a natural physical sign that the winds of change are blowing at Dick Sporting Goods Park. Um, and, you know, that change is not just coming, but it's here. And you can look at this roster we've been talking about and see that already. Um, uh, real quick before we continue into this conversation, uh, drop a like. There's 20 of you guys in here. Drop a like. That helps us out. It kind of it helps the algorithm get us to more Rapids fan or a pit curious person. It's always good to have more people in the chat, more <laughs> friends. Uh, Stephen Newell, uh, Newhall says, if we made zero additional changes, would we call this offseason a success or do we need more? And I think to me, it's a success. Because I think right now you can... Field a competitive team that can compete for a playoff spot and even a, maybe a home playoff spot. And that's exactly where the Rapids weren't last year or the year before. Yep. They weren't even near any of that. They weren't close to. They no. can even smell that the any they can even smell the galaxy's butt at the end of last year, honestly. Yep. Well, to me, it's already a success because you bring in high quality players. Very little to me can be done to ruin this offseason. I don't know what can ruin this offseason right now. Maybe a bad uniform, but even then, it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think it's a, no, I think if the Rapids today said, hey, we're calling it a quit, I think we're good for the season, I think they're good to go. Because they still have Rapids two players that are really good in Remy and, yeah. uh, and 
God, I forgot my favorite player's name. Your I'm favorite? Too. I don't know who your favorite player. Japanese. Yosuke? Yosuke. There we go. <laughs> he follows me on Twitter and I forgot his name. Not uh, anymore. He doesn't. <laughs> Not anymore. But I think the Rapids have built enough depth, have built enough um, quality starters. There's still a couple of positions I would like to see improve, like that sixth spot, that left back, maybe another winger for depth would be really good. But I think as far as being done for if they're done for today, I think I wouldn't be mad at the roster. No, I and I agree with you. It's look, the the Rapids are not um they're not a team that goes out and, and makes the sexy splash signings every year. Um, you know, we're not LAFC. Um you know those teams that can do that. Where we are a, a much more small market field team. Um, we don't have owners who throw money at the team like other clubs. So some of these signings, I think, do have some some splashiness to it. Obviously, with Stefan, you know, and, and Jordy coming in, we've got you know men's national team players um, on board. That's that's a bit of a splash. Um, some names that are known outside of Colorado. So, uh, you know, there are a few splashy signings, um, but there are signings that are just good signings. You know, there were so many holes to fill on this squad this year, uh, and we've legit filled most of those, if not all of those. I know everybody's clamoring for a six. Um, You know, I'm still winning a six also. Like, I'm in that group. Yeah, yeah, not so much uh, from our conversations. Like, you know, there's different ways, you know, that we can go about that. I think I just think they have the talent on the team to fill the role of a six because I think people get too too attached to uh, lineups and how they look on a paper. And sure. I, I'm about that too because, like, I used to be that way too. So I understand where that comes from because people feel. But you, I think you have a pl- you have players on this roster especially how this roster has been built out the last couple of years, that you can have a six without really having a six. Sure. Which is interesting, but I think it is possible. Maybe more of a... I brought him up again. John Stones and Bombi to me are very comparable because they're both... Bombi played the six, but you can play him as a center back and he can push all the way back. And with a guy like Loffelson, who's a lot more defensive aware than Ronan, I think you can play both of them together and push both of them up. And have Bombi right behind them and help out in that sixth position as a playmaker. And I think that's kind of how you can fill that role together. I think it's a very possible. I know the Rapids are against that more than anything. But who knows? Maybe with Chris Armas, there's a new vision on it. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, I, the sixth, to me, it's a position of need, but not of dire need. I think Rapids fans are really dialed in on a six because the last generation of the Rapids had Jack Price yep. as not just a player in the number six position, but a guy who was a field commander, somebody who is yelling out where to put the ball. Um, he's, you know, the ball distributor to get, get the process going back down the pitch. Um, that was so much of the identity of the Colorado Rapids over the last, you know, five, six years that that number six position is such a integral part of who the Rapids have been. Um, and so we expect that, you know, and we, we, we expect to have that, that field commander, that, that on the field general who's going to call out and distribute and tell guys where to go and set, um, that it's weird to not have that. I will, I will say that when we didn't have Jack, it didn't look good, right? The well, last two years. That's the quality but that's, of Jack, right? Well, it's, well, yeah, of course it's the quality of Jack, but I'll throw it out to everybody this way. The reason it looked so bad without Jack is because that was still the system that we were playing. Yep. We were playing a Jack Price 6 field commander system without Jack Price. Now we don't have Jack Price, and so we are restructuring how we play that midfield and defense without Jack Price versus planning it for him and then him not being here. So 
while we're used to that six and we're all clamoring for it, um, be open to the idea that, you know, our, our beautiful man, Jack yeah. Price, who I am bummed that is not here, you know, but he, he's not with the squad anymore. So we're building it in a, in a post Jack Price era. Exactly. <laughs> so, to say, so to speak. And this is kind of getting back to the original question of why the change? How much did the, um, did all this uh, losing and fan outrage affect the Rapids? It affected them a lot. To the sure. point that they got rid of, in my opinion, two club legends in Rubio and Jack. Two guys that were beloved uh, by all fans. They said, you know what, guys, we need something new. To the point where they went to go get a new core, essentially. They bought themselves a new, brand new core of maybe yeah. like 25 and younger. Except for Stefan. Stefan's 28, but that's like 22 in goalkeeper years. <laughs> so you get Stefan, a 28-year-old. You have Bombi, a 23-year-old. Then you go up into your midfield. Uh, Ronan, I believe, is 26 this year. Bassett is turning is 21 or 22 this year because he just signed his U22. Well, he's U22, so I think he's 21. But the fact he's, is, he's I mean, young. I, I looked at that yesterday. And I was like, holy crap, Cole Bassett's still U22? Exactly. I can't believe that. And then like, you go up a little bit more into the into uh, the forwards, and you got Mihalovic at 25, and you got Omir at 20, uh, 23, 24 years old. You went out there and bought yourself a brand new core of young players that can be with the Rabbits for the next three to five years and ball out. Yeah. Does this sound familiar to what other teams do? Constantly, you look at a Portland Timbers. They had Raul uh, Diaz. They had Nicolas Ladero. They had all these guys for years on years, mm -hmm. and and they were a powerhouse for so long. They started to lose some of that edge. So what do they do? They go get an Obed Vargas. They go get a Leo Chu. They go get a No Who. And now they restocked all over again, and it's a brand new nucleus yep. with a Jordan Morris and rolled on and out. And they're still trying to help out the young kids. Doesn't this sound like the, what the Rapids are trying to do a little bit? Yeah, and I'm not sure what the numbers are because I've not thought about crunching these numbers, but the Rapids have to be the youngest team in MLS. If not, wanna, you know, yeah. if they're not the youngest team, they have to be like second or third right up youngest there. team. Uh, this, this is a young squad, um, and I'm hoping that the youth on the squad – uh, it means a healthier squad, you know, um, the young players, the injuries aren't as much of an issue uh, that we've been dealing with for a couple of years, um, you know, but they've, they've also got that high motor. Um, I, th I think that youth is going to play well with the altitude um, and it sets the stage to grow and build something truly strong. Like you were saying, you know, with, with Portland and, you know, it's it's year one of this retooled Rapids. You know, this, this is a, a completely new team with some familiar faces, you know, from last year. But the look and the way that this team is going to play is going to be very, very new. Um, quick question from uh, Matthew. Are Gavon and Ronan the only fathers left on the squad now? No. <laughs> uh, Max, who I think is the dad as well. Gosh, um, I don't even know that. I think he's a father, if I remember correctly. Uh, but besides that, maybe. Is Jay, no, not Jay Lou. I don't think so. No, he honestly, they might be. Because even Keegan, who's a little bit up there, doesn't have a child, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so. Because Beta's gone now, too. Yeah. I think they still need that young. That young. Um, Sorry, I'm like they needed that uh, veteran leadership. I again, I'm, yeah. I yeah, I'm still a little tired. That, that, that is the one. That is the one area when we look at the squad that when I think about it, I'm like, are we missing that veteran piece? I mean, we have Keegan. Like, I yeah. think, dude, if you don't know Keegan Rosenberry, like that dude is so smart, it is silly. Like that guy is so heady with soccer uh the way his brain moves and if you talk to him about strategy um like 
he's there. Like he's got that veteran presence. He's got that veteran wisdom. Um, I don't know what his relationships are like um, with with the younger guys, but like Keegan is probably that guy now. Um, but you do wonder like we don't have Diego anymore. We don't have Jack anymore. And those were kind of those cornerstones of like veteran, you know, I mean, we saw last year, we talked about, we were laughing at how when Rubio was downstairs and Ollie was downstairs, like everyone was kind of like watching world cup and like hanging out and like Rubio's grilling Ollie on (laughs) what he's, where his brain is thinking about the season, what he's working on. And, uh, you know, it's we wonder with all of this youth, is there going to be that guy um, who kind of becomes the the veteran, the 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 old grizzly veteran and to lead the kids? You know, I mean, and the other thing is also you need a. I think this team has a bunch of leaders right now. I think Max is a leader. I think Roman's yep. a leader. I think Cole's a leader. I think we're missing an asshole. I think we need an asshole transplanted to this team. Could be Jasper, maybe. We, but we need an asshole who's willing to get under people's skin. Like, not just being aggressive, being a guy yeah. that can yell. You mean, you mean, yeah, you mean a guy who can not opposition skin, but our own guy's skin. Everybody. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this guy, as long as he's on the pitch, your own teammates are going to be like, fuck. Yeah. Like, that's what we need. Like, we need somebody that can be out there grilling guys, <laughs> just being like, getting under their skin. And I think this team's going to be set to be an evil empire for a while. And I hope that's our left back. If we can get a left back that can just yell at guys and be a, an absolute a-hole or a six, that could be an absolute a-hole. I think this team's going to be super fun to watch for the next. It could be Max Sue. Yeah. I but, mean, he was pretty pissed off at the end of last season because of how things were going. Yeah. Like, and he, he was very expressive in that. So he could be that guy to kind of get after some of the young guys. And I also push just want to see Max Sue score again. His celebration was the most <laughs> passionate celebration I saw when he scored that uh, <laughs> kick that kind of just fell into his foot on that uh, corner. I Like, that's one of my favorite celebrations, him just yelling, <laughs> ah, like, it's so much fun, dude. Like, those are the best. Um, So kind of going, uh, looking, we've kind of looked at the Rapids, all the moves they made, and how the roster's looking right now. And in my opinion, I think the roster's in a really good spot going into 2024. A team that can actually compete, I won't put my name on them winning anything. But where do those teams stack up compared to the rest of the MLS and their offseason? I think it's the Rapids might be the most active team in the transfer market so far. I think they're certainly among the top. I mean, they, they might be at the top for just number of moves in general. But that's because of where they were. Um, so I think they're certainly at the top. I mean, hey, look at the Rapids. We're, we're getting attention from, you know, Tom Boger and Extra Time and, uh, you know, National Soccer News is yep. talking Rapids because, because of the moves we're making um, and because of the number of moves we're making. Um, so I certainly think that the Rapids as a club are among the top for putting in the work to try to fix the problems of, of 2023. Um, the other squad that really stands out to me or other club is, is the exact opposite of the Rapids and that's Cincinnati. This is a club that finished at the top and also went into the off season only doing things to make themselves better. So I, I look at these two clubs and, you know, one finished at the top, one finished at the bottom. Both are making significant moves to improve uh, the squad on the field. Um, I don't know, just those two teams to me, and I've been watching both because they're both, their storylines are so different. Yeah. Cincinnati is, Trying we were awesome, but we couldn't. We, we didn't make it happen at the end. Like, we missed the prize by one game. Yep. Um, and so we're fixing that to get to the end goal. The Rapids are, man, everything that could have gone wrong over the last two seasons did. Um, fan favorites, injured and gone. Coaching change. 
Um, just some terrible soccer, second to last uh, in, in the conference, and um, or second to last. Where were we last in the conference? Second to last. Uh, last in the conference. Second, second to last, last in, in the league. league. So yeah. So I want to make sure I get that right. Um, it, you know, and, and this their storyline is more of a, you know, rapids rising. You know, uh, th- this is the new squad. This is the new generation of rapids because mm-hmm. this past era, which was really highlighted with kind of that first. You know, it, it really the Porig run, right? Yep. Where we had guys like Jack Price and Diego Rubio and Keegan um, and Cole and Sammy Vines, who you know start out homegrown or successful, go away. You know, Vines still out there. Cole Bassett comes back. You know, just all these players that over the past seven years that have been that identity of the Rapids. You have the Rapids way, love it or hate it. Personally, not a fan. Uh, you know, but just because I, just manifestos in general to me or whatever, just get the job done. Uh, I don't need flowery words uh, for it, you know, but it's that era, You're all about branding. I, I know, I know, but that's not my kind of brand. Like the branding... The branding doesn't, if it doesn't work, move away from it. But if it had worked, <laughs> but, everybody would be yes, rocking that shirt that's right. out of the rapid way. <laughs> right, but it didn't. So, yeah. you know, there's no what ifs in branding. Like, it either did or it didn't. And, and so, but it, it was that whole era. And I feel like 2024 is the beginning of a new era. It, it is a new Rapids. Yes, there are some faces that are the same, but there are a whole lot of new ones. There seems to be a different strategy of what's going to be uh, running on the pitch. Um, the off-season strategy is certainly different. I can't remember a time where we've been, the so front office active. has been so active in cooking this hard. Um, I, I, I just can't remember a time where there's just so many constant moves and names swirling around. Um, so and it just feels like a different time. It also feels like kind of stacking it up this year. I think it's fair to include last year's a little bit. um, Because if you look at the major signings from last year, from pouring, who was it? It was Ronin, Maxu, Gershbog, and Cabral, right? You hit on two of those four guys. Yeah, Maxu and Ronin, you know, are going to be here for some time. But that kind of sets a platform to jump into a a better offseason this year. You had a horrible season. Don't get me wrong. But having those two guys fills two holes that you don't have to go get. Um, now you got to go get a left back and a and a left winger because Cabral yeah. and um, and uh, Gershbach didn't work out. But having those two guys who I think are more important positions in the team really kind of sets the platform for this. But it, when we look at this offseason by itself, I think it has to be number one. And the only reason I put it number one to uh, compared to every other MLS team. It's because I feel like Galaxy still has a lot to do to fill a lot of their holes. They've made some nice moves. I like the the Japanese winger they got. I thought he was a great I signing. I know. I wanted him so bad. <laughs> I thought he was a great signing. Uh, with You look at Essence Cincinnati, and I think they lost their second best player or third best player in Brandon Vasquez. And that brings them down a little bit. Now, they are getting Corey Bird, who had a better season than Brandon Vasquez last year. But I still think what Brandon does with Lucho it's something that's going to take a while to replicate with Corey Bird. And that's why I kind of have to push them down below the Rapids. Now, Miles Robinson is a huge addition, huge, huge addition. But you look at that backline and they also lost Mosquera because the Wolves are your Wolves. Didn't yeah. have a don't want to sell them back. Didn't want to extend the loan. And it was a huge transfer fee that they were not willing to pay. You lose. I feel like you're just kind of what you're losing. I think Corey Barrett is going to be no really good with Cincinnati. Don't get me wrong. I do. I do too. But the way Lucho plays, it might take a bit for him to get adjusted. Yeah, it it always does. I I, I don't think it's going to make him better. I think it's going to make Corey Baird better when he comes. Like that's the thing. Him pairing up with the other two is going to make him so much better. And that is it's a, scary dangerous. It's a good addition. Don't on the me, wing. Yeah. Like, that's very scary. I think it's a really good addition. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Like, I still like the addition. Yeah, I'm not worried yeah. about them because... They're not in our conference, <laughs> yeah, of not, course. I'm just saying, they're, they look, they're making moves the same way that we are. 
It's just they're starting out from here. Their story is already at the top, you know, yeah. and our they're, you know, kind of at the, the ending of that book. Yeah. For this era, or at least in the middle, if they're going to keep continuing they still it. They need to win it. But I feel it like, a story you know, ending, right? our, our book is closed and now it's you know, the next book in the series is starting to open. Of course. But then you also kind of look at the Western Conference. Um, LAFC has this whole Dennis Buonga. I know. Love that drama. drama. That's like putting a big dent on their plans for next yeah, year. Yeah, blow it up. Like love that. Like they might like Ile. Uh, Ile. Honestly, man, go get Sanchez Ile. Like he's man. in his mid thirties, he can be your new Jack for the next year or two. Great leader, can play the six. I know uh, Mitch Potter is a big fan of that, but they're they're kind of having issues and they don't know what's going on over there. Um, Austin F. Lee's kind of taking the rapid route and trying to get value value players like the rapid route of the last couple of years, where you're trying to get value in lower leagues and see if you can find some gems hidden. After they also had a really bad year. So you kind of look at the Western Conference, who you should be worried about. And I feel like there's really good teams in this side of the conference. But there, I don't feel like there's teams that are making as many moves to improve like the Rapids. So if we're just looking at the offseason itself in the Western Conference, Rapids have to be number one. Now you extend it to the league. I think there's only one team that can compete with them, and that's FC Cincinnati. Yeah. But they have way more major losses than the Rapids do. Which brings them down. And if you're going by addition, like it's not addition by subtraction for Cincinnati because they're not losing players that were taking up DP spots and weren't good. They're not losing a player that didn't want to be there and it's causing a locker room distraction. They're losing high-end players like a Brandon Vasquez who was touted in Europe, who's now going to Mexico, which shout out Monterrey for getting rid of uh, Funes <laughs> Mori. Uh, do not like that guy, but damn, is he a baller. Um, they're getting rid of a player like Mosquera, who you wanted to keep, but you just can't keep because Wolves said, hey, he did really good for you guys. We want him back. Yeah. Like, why would you let him keep our good players without an option to buy or nothing? At the end of the day, I think the Rapids are right up there. And when I look at a team like San Jose, who just lost one of their top players in Kate Cowell, which he should have gone to Europe. I'm okay with him going to Chivas mostly because I like Chivas. I think the only other team that can compete with the Rapids and how good they are in CONCACAF and how many good moves they've made, it's going to be Chivas. Chivas has overhauled yeah. their whole squad, just like the Rapids, because they had a season that they didn't like. And I think the Rapids and Chivas, how Kevin Trujillo said, are going to be in the finals of League's Cup because they really want that thing. They're going for the depth. And then you still have rumors coming out of a Junino. You have the six out in... Um, Europe, who's been rumored, and you also have Lalo Torres, and there's still so much move for improvement that it's kind of hard not to look at this team and think they're going to improve or think that they didn't have one of the better off seasons from all of CONCACAF, in my opinion. When you look from Canada to Me to the U.S. to Mexico, all the way down to Costa Rica and Guatemala, like it's really hard not to look at the Rapids and say, you guys are becoming one of the top tier teams this off season, at least on paper and the moves they're trying to make. So, at the end of the day, I, I to me, it's if I'm grading this rapid offseason, it's an A, a B plus to an A because we don't know until the until yeah, we there. won't know for months now. But uh, they're making moves, yeah, and and that's awesome. What yeah. a nice change! Yeah, it's, it's really fun. nice. It's nice to be a Rapids fan. You know what I mean? Um, so if I were to grade this podcast, I'd give it a solid B plus to an A as well. <laughs> uh, I think we uh, did a great job. I just lower a grade because of our transitions. Uh, Dwayne just distracted me with his beauty on don't, today. Don't punish me for for uh, We're on a curve if you like it or not. Yeah. Uh, before we head out, guys, <laughs> don't forget to follow us on uh, DNV underscore Rapids. Uh, interact with us. Give us a like. We really appreciate all that. Also, give us a five-star review wherever you hear this podcast. It's also a podcast, which I forget to mention every time. Uh, if you can look, uh, watch us live, listen to us on, on your favorite platform. That's always a great way to catch up with us as well. And give us a like on this video, too. Likes is what fuels me to be the best man in the world. Um, wow. Dwayne? Bold statement. Anything yeah, else to add? Uh, jump in uh, to the full DMVR experience. Become a DMVR diehard. Uh, jump online and figure out how to do that. We talk about it every week, but there's discounts. Um, to all of the events that we do, discounts in the bar, um, ex member exclusives for apparel, um, and also uh, member exclusive events that happen um, 
with your favorite teams, whether that be with players, coaches, um, other people. Um, all kinds of reasons to jump on board. It's the beginning of the season. We're going to be doing some uh, some DMVR Rapids events both here and at the stadium this season. So it's the perfect time to get on board and become a DMVR diehard. Um, and outside of that, I'll let that's you how we it. end it. I'll let you say Every time, it's in the comments. Everybody knows it's up the pids. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We all silly like the mayor. 